So I would like to start with a few minutes of just sitting quietly and connecting with the body and breath. And um, we, we slide into, uh, into that. by um, allowing our body to settle down. And if you like, you can close your eyes or keep them open. Noticing how the chair or the floor carries you. yourself the permission to shift down from trying to get somewhere else, trying to fix or manipulate, to shift down to just being who you are in this moment. I'm not asking you to be here in a certain way. Just bring yourself along. making a gesture of welcoming, of befriending, of just being with your own energy. And within that, in a light way, in a playful way, start to notice the breath, the coming and going of the breath, or the part of your attention, while keeping a sense of openness. Of course, there are thoughts, there's the sounds, 
other sensations in your body and let that be okay, let yourself be okay, let this moment be okay. breathing, I'm alive. So I started to talk about the benefits of practicing mindfulness in daily life and how mindfulness gives us a, an attitude, attitudes which uh, makes, it, makes our life more rich 
and how it helps us to connect with the wonderful things in our life, with the things we can be grateful about. So the other, uh, uh, the other aspect of mindfulness practice is that it helps us, it gives us tools to relate to the difficult, challenging aspects of our life, which are just part of the package of being a human being. So one of the fundamental Buddhist teachings is that life is difficult. Unenlightened life, unliberated life is difficult. Challenging. That's what the Buddha said, the, f the first thing he said when he started to teach after he had his insight into reality. He said, there is problems in life. In human life, there are problems. Well, sometimes at this moment now, um, also I wanted to give some space for questions. I will just continue a little bit and then, uh, then I... Uh, sometimes at that, this moment, you know, people have this reaction of, yeah, but I'm so happy in my life right now. Yeah? What are you talking about? Life is wonderful. I always, I want to look at the bright side of life. Don't talk about me about the other things. And for me it's not true anyway, because I have a wonderful job, and I have this wonderful wife, and I have this little house, and my children are healthy, and it's just wonderful. Yeah? Uh, of course, then one could say, okay, that's, that's great, and mindfulness gives you a, a tool to be even more happy in your wonderful life, because you'll be, you are more aware of it. But also, you know, a person talking like this, it becomes very obvious that this happiness this person experienced right now in his or her life is based on outer circumstances. And that's living in a fool's paradise. Yeah. To, to, uh, to, uh, have, uh, to live a kind of happy life without acknowledging the pain our own pain, but also the general pain around us, is a fool's paradise. So, I, and then of course I'm not going to scare this person to say, you know, yeah, you have a wonderful husband, but he will die.
yes, and your children are healthy, but wait until they are teenagers. <laughs> then suddenly your wonderful happy life just shatters in, into pieces. Yeah. Uh, and then, wow, then you will be so happy to have work with mindfulness. Yeah, to, 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 uh, to, to see, yes, there are challenges and there are problems, but I can relate to these challenges, to these problems, in constructive ways. Yeah? And uh, so this is, of course, a, b a big uh, field of... Uh, and uh, I have talked about it and I will continue to talk about it, how to transform challenges in our life. Uh, physical pain, emotional pain, uh, times of crisis, times where, like Pema Chodron, uh, this American nun, wrote a book called When Things Fall Apart. Yeah, when things fall apart. Uh, so I'm not, I don't want to go too much into that. Uh, but one thing I, I would like to say tonight is that the practice of mindfulness gives us the possibility to explore the possibility even if things don't get better through the practice of mindfulness. You know, I could give also now all these promises how things get better with mindfulness. But what if they don't get better? But mindfulness at least gives us the possibility not to make it worse than it is. Which is a huge relief. Yeah? I give you an example. You have a pain and oh, I, maybe I give you an extreme ex example. No, there might be someone who has quite a little pain, like you know, but he makes a big deal out of it. Especially men tend to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like I mean, a man with a headache is like, you know, whining and ah uh, and. Yeah. So the, this drama which a man tends to do with a little pain comes from the way he relates to the pain. So he makes it worse. There is a pain, so there is actually something, yeah? something which is uncomfortable, but he makes it worse through the way he relates to it. And then we know people you know, who have really a hard life, really, and there is there is there is differences, you know. So there are people who just go to more shit than to than others. It's just like that. And uh, it's like, you know, it's it's. Uh, 
don't try to find the explanation for it. You know, you it's the, you have a calm karma and things like that. Yeah, but it is like that. It is a fact. You know, there is people who carry more pain than others. They have just more hard lives. And there are people like that, and you know them. And it's wonderful, it's very touching sometimes to see how graceful they are in their pain. How inspiring. And sometimes that's all what they can do, is just to be with that pain. Living through it. So that's, that's also, uh, if you are in a crisis, if you have a challenge like that, it, it makes a difference for other people how you relate to this. You know, there are people around you who, who, who are affected by that. The way you are in the crisis. And it can be a wonderful teaching for the people around you much more than you know sitting me sitting here and reading from lists you know? <laughs> so, yeah that's also it's also maybe useful but much more useful is it to to uh, meet a person who who is um, is in a crisis in a in an inspiring way and that inspiring way does not mean you know, in a holy way and, you know, above it and, you know. No. So that's, um, so we can see the difference and we all know that. We know, we, we know people who make a, 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 a big thing, a drama out of a, how do you say, you make an elephant out of a mosquito, yeah? And then there are people who have really Challenging challenges in their life, and they can work with it more inspiring than the person, the man with a headache. So that's what I mean. That the practice of mindfulness gives us the tool of at least not making it worse than it is to the way you relate to it. So how do we make things worth? Uh, worth worse. How do we make things worse than they are? Through resistance. That's one of the very basic uh, Buddhist teachings that a big part, and actually I don't want to say it as radical as it is said in the teachings. In the teaching is said all our suffering comes from resistance. But let's say a big part, yeah? So then we can kind of work slowly to it. So a big part, and I think we all can see that, a big part of our suffering comes from resistance to what is. Yeah? On a, on the, like on a, on a somatic level, to give you an, an example, what I mean is 
Now, sometimes when people, or what happens is when people have an injury, back problems come very often from that. So there is an injury in the beginning, and then through resistance you uh, build up tension around it. And then the, the original injury heals, but the tension stays. Yeah. So the same is uh, this uh, the same kind of uh, analogy you can use through emotional pain. Yeah. Then it's like the fear of the fear. Yeah. The fear of the sadness. The, so we put one layer upon the next, which in our body shows through, you know, uh, tension, contraction, and also in our emotional life. Yeah, one layer upon one layer. So that's how uh, mindfulness gives us a tool to make to, a possibility to make things not worse, not worse, not more worse, worse, worse than they are. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's enough for uh, the part how mindfulness can help to reduce suffering. Are there any questions, comments, objections? Things like when I said them, you thought, hey, I don't agree with that. Yeah. 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 Mm. What about the things that we can change and, uh, and uh, anyhow they are there's some pain and suffering involved because in my mind I think if we accept uh, a lot of pain and suffering things won't pro progress I mean so I, I have this uh, mm. in my mind that uh, the bad things we have to fight them and the pain and the suffering we have to fight to make things better. Mm. So that's my dilemma. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I'm supposed to solve that. <laughs> yes. Uh, you want to say something to that? You want to solve it? Yeah. 
Ja, ja. Ja. Um, so this is uh, acceptance is not a call for pacific to be passive. Actually, your actions to change things will be more creative, will be more effective if it comes from a place of openness, if it comes from a place of freedom, if it comes from a place of kindness. And I think we can see that fighting to change things <coughs> has not worked so far. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it happens always um, that uh, when we get teachings on acceptance, that there is this fear that we become like doormats or passive. Maybe because we are so used to act from a kind of from anger or from, from attachment to our own well-being, like a very self-centered way to want to change things. And to the practice of mindfulness, and with that developing loving-kindness, we start to discover there is another way to, uh, to respond to the, to, to, uh, to, to, the, to the pain and to the, uh, to, the, to the challenges and to the things which needs to be changed around us. Yes. I guess you can you can um, be aware of and accept all the feelings you have, and still choose which feelings to act on, or which mm. not to act on. Mm. Not that it's always easy to know like how to act, but it's not really contradictory. I think. I mean, to be to allow the feelings to be there. I mean, I can have all kinds of crazy feelings. It doesn't doesn't mean that I have to act on them mm. or uh, sometimes I should act on feelings. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's the difficult thing mm. to know how to act, but it doesn't really contradict accepting what you feel. Like, uh, uh, that's good. That's one, one, I think one good point is that the practice of mindfulness, the practice of radical acceptance, does not reduce uh, the mental factor of discrimination. We still can discriminate between what is wholesome and what is unwholesome. Like if you have an urge, now my stupid example of smoking a cigarette, but so if you have an urge to smoke a cigarette, Radical acceptance means 
Okay, I have an urge to smoke a cigarette. That does not make me a bad person. I don't need to myself. I don't need to beat myself up to have this urge. Uh, but I can see that this is something un unwholesome. It will, no, I, it will have effects if I follow that urge. And I don't need to follow that urge. Whereas if I have an urge to give a donation, that might be an wholesome urge. And I can discriminate these two. But both are met with acceptance. Is that uh, so far helpful for you? <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I'm thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking. Yeah. One of the uh, uh, one of the benefits of mindfulness is that whatever you do, you become more skillful and more efficient. So that means you can, with mindfulness, you can also become a better sniper, you know, like shooting people or hunter. You can be a very good hunter with mindfulness. But as a Buddhist, what we want to increase through the practice of mindfulness is not to become a better hunter, but what we want to work with is kindness openness of the heart. That's where we want to use this higher efficiency which comes with mindfulness. You wanted to say something? I want to say no, that I, okay. the difference between acting and reacting. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. We are again uh, now at this f first of the anonymic alcoholics, <laughs> which is uh, coming from Shantideva, the Indian master. Now give me the wisdom, blah, blah, blah. Someone can recite it?
Why you, you, you say it comes from yeah, yeah you but you find the first in Chantideva's uh, Buddhist avatar. I don't know if they took it from there. No. Mm. Any more questions? Comments? That's very good. Uh, uh, the last 10 minutes I want to uh, talk. Uh, you know, mindfulness in daily life. Uh, just to, um, to give you some, some ideas and uh, to inspire you to be creative. Uh, where, how, where we, can, uh, uh, where we can train, where we can cultivate mindfulness in daily life, basically with everything. Yeah? Uh, but just to, it's good to have some, uh, not to be too ambitious in the beginning, but to like to pick some activities uh, which we have every day to be mindful there. So, and mindful really means just that, to be present. And without now going into detail what that means, we know the difference to be present to something. Like, you know, the, it's, it's very basic. It's like, you know these moments where you're present, where you are, uh, like you're sitting somewhere on a bench and you're present. You notice what is happening. And you also know this sitting there and not being there at all, completely disconnected. Yeah? Like having a plastic bag on, o over your head and being, yeah, being somewhere else. So we know the difference. And we know also how these moments when we are present, how, how this nurtures us, how this enriches us. It's like, it's, um, we can't explain it, but we all know this experience. So the first moment where we can, uh, the first moment which we can meet with mindfulness, with being present, is when we wake up in the morning. Yeah. So we can, uh, when, we, when we wake up in the morning, we can take a few moments, a few minutes of just being there in our bed, Noticing our body, noticing our breath. And 
using that as a moment of you know, meeting the day, meeting our life, meeting ourselves. And uh, then we get up. So this getting up, getting out of bed, we have during our, life, during our day, we have these moments of transitions where we, where we leave situations. You know, we step out, out of the house, we come somewhere in. So these moments of transitions, they are very good opportunities. They are invitation for us to be present at that moment. So one moment where we can, where we can uh, bring attention to is this moment when we get out of bed, when we lift up, when we stand. Yeah? And that's not complicated, but it makes a big difference. No, one way to get up in the morning is, you know, ding, and then automatic pilot, yeah? And then just, you know, doing the things we do always, and it's like kind of gray everything because we are not present. And it's all the same, and uh, yes, and, and, then, and then we might wake up from that kind of state, state of mind in the middle of the day, and we think, oh, how did, how did I get here? So then, you know, going to the bathroom, yeah? like taking a shower, it's a wonderful moment of uh, being present. Yeah? So imagine be under, being under the shower with mindfulness. Not, getting, not trying to get it done, like rubbing your body as if it's a, a piece of meat, but uh, you know, making a practice out of it. It can be a very beautiful uh, way to, you know, to meet yourself, to be kind to yourself, taking a shower. Becoming enlightened while taking a shower. Then eating. So that's wonderful uh, opportunity to practice mindfulness because we never forget to eat. So so if we, and it does not it does not mean that we. Uh, need to eat more slowly, like eating an apple mindfully for 30 minutes, <laughs> chewing 40 times or something like this. No, it's just uh, to have again and again, also you know, when we talk and, and things like that, but again and again um, to have these moments of appreciation, you know, at least in the beginning, like to sit down and, and oh yeah, now, so now I'm eating and I, I will pay attention to it. Uh, multitasking is really crap. 
and uh, it does not work and it's a myth of you know that this you know people get proud about multitasking it it does not work and it's not uh, it's not uh, uh, it's not um, and there's uh, there's a lot of studies that uh, it shows it's because uh, you know like if you multitask and you write an email and then you answer the phone at the same time and you do many things at the same time you will need need more for actually accomplishing these things and you will not be as creative now i'm not talking about ironing and listening to music at the same time that's not multitasking yeah that's that, that's no problem and you you know multitasking in this in the same like doing different things which needs our attention our focus uh, in a quick way you wanted to say something could you please tell my boss to <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's a part uh, you no know, i'm involved in in this um, mindfulness training for uh, for uh, manager and for in companies and um, and that's part of our program uh, but it of course it this program w which we um, uh, offer it works it works because it we go into the company and work with the whole with the whole uh, team yeah so they all including the the boss but the, it, you you can you can uh, you, the, you can now find a lot of studies about multitasking on the internet and, and then if people usually if they see that uh, you know then they they understand i don't know they should understand <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, yes. Uh, but like, if you what you uh, know what you write, uh, like if you write an email, then it would be more efficient to be focused for that email, to be mindful there, and to finish it, yeah. and then go to the phone and talk. So if you do the two things in the same time, you're not as creative, you're not as quick, as efficient, because it takes time for your mind to go back to the, to the task. Yeah? And also, you know, since the, uh, the, the, when you phone with someone, you always phone with a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. And, um, 
and it is uh, this human being is is worth or this situation is worth to be met you know with your full attention and then you will you will be a better salesman at that moment yeah. and more happy and your customer will be more happy that's how you sell it to <laughs> Uh, it's part of my sell, uh, uh, sales talk. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the wonderful thing is, uh, yes, it makes people more efficient, but it is also in the same time a journey of self-discovery without them knowing it. So it's a side effect then. So what we are talking about. I was going through a way uh, through, through a day. Yeah, so time's up. <laughs> uh, eating, I said I mentioned eating, then walking. So even if we if we uh, pick a, a thing like walking, yeah. So the, the program which I just mentioned works like that. Each week we add one activity, it's a four-month program, and each week we add one activity uh, where people cultivate mindfulness with. So we start with walking, mindful walking, yeah? uh, and then mindful eating, and then mindful emailing, and then mindful uh, meeting, then mindful traveling, uh, and so on. Uh, so, but mindful walking and mindful eating, that's two really good uh, places to start with. Yeah. I mean, even, even just mindful walking, yeah, because if this would be... Yeah, and then the last thing, so mindful eating, mindful walking, and then uh, mindful mini-breaks, like one minute an hour. of like just stopping and reconnecting with the breath and the body and reconnecting with the practice, the formal sitting practice of 10 minutes or 15 minutes each day. So this one, mind, one minute of mindful breathing, a mini break, which is uh, uh, reminded through, um, through a computer program which runs like a mindfulness spell. Yeah. Bing, one minute, okay. Breathing. So then you go home. Yeah? So that's uh, also then a way, you know, when, whenever we travel, we travel to work, we travel from work. Uh, so opportunities, invitation for practicing mindfulness paying attention to. Then uh, mindful watching TV, particularly in the, <laughs> particularly in the, in the advertising breaks, you know, switching the sound off and using this two, three minutes of connecting with the body, connecting with the breath. Then mindful going to bed, 
and uh, then mindful dreaming. So 24 hours. <laughs> so uh, now I have to stop. But one thing, one last thing. This does not mean that it brings more effort into our life. Mindfulness does not mean, oh, I'm, am I mindful now? Oh, I have to be mindful now. Am I, I mean, am I really mindful now? Oh, mindful, yeah, mindful drinking. My, so am I really, yeah, not like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's very simple. There's nothing, you know, nothing to be, uh, nothing serious. It's just, okay, you notice what you're doing. It's like, okay, now I notice I have this in my hand, and it does not take any effort at all. Yeah? So now you can, you, you can now notice, uh, you, you sit. Just for, just for this moment, just pay attention to, That's it. Yeah. Okay. So on Sunday I will come back and I will uh, uh, the topic is, uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but the topic is, <laughs> the topic is opening the heart. And it's uh, uh, part of this series of talks uh, I started a year ago or some, sometime. Um, and it's about, um, it, this, this, uh, it's uh, about how to, uh, connect with compassion and with uh, the altru altruistic attitude, the altruistic attitude of life in, in, in our life. So to make our m life meaningful through reducing the self-centered approach to life, how to do that. And uh, on Saturday, I w in Copenhagen, I will lead, a, a, which I do always on the last Saturday each month, I lead a mindfulness day, so you could also, you are welcome to do that, uh, to come for that. Uh, it's from 10 to 4 in the center in Copenhagen. Um, then one thing I, I would like to say is that in Copenhagen I started uh, now this uh, Discovering Buddhism program. And it will it will take about three years, and uh, the teachings I give there, they I, we put them onto the onto the internet, and on that internet side, you will get a password to to go to the uh, FPMT main site, which is the organization I practice in. And you have access to a lot of material there, guided meditations and videos and readings and, and so on and so on. So you're welcome uh, to 
through the website to the uh, uh, to the center in Copenhagen. Uh, and I know some of you are also followed the teachings I gave the last two years. Uh, so there will be a new um, a new uh, site. It's called Discovering Buddhism. I think you you go you went to the so now uh, this uh, um, how was it called open heart clear mind. Uh, so now there will be another. It's called Discovering Buddhism, and you enter it through discovering buddhism so the the <laughs> the, 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 username. the username is discovering and the password is buddhism so and then when you go there you will find my talks and the readings but also you will find the password to enter the fpmt main site maybe i'm talking just to her but mm -hmm. you can <laughs> you can so you can you can uh, you can uh, uh, so then you and then you can uh, download uh, the, the whole material of the Discovering Buddhism course. Yeah. So. You too, also. I think you went there at least once. Yeah. So you, so that's a, a good. Usually, it costs thirty dollars a month to to enter these uh, to enter the FPMT um, learning center. But now, uh, since uh, uh, the center in Copenhagen pays to the FPMT, uh, so all the people who uh, study with me, and in a way you do it now, you don't know it, but uh, uh, they, they can have access to this material, which is like a lot of material. So, so you go to the FPMT website of Copenhagen and blah blah and then so if you have question you can uh, you can ask me next time if it does not work Sunday yeah this Sunday and then uh, I will come here uh, again uh, once a month Wednesdays and one Sunday Okay, thank you very much for sharing this evening and see you again. Welcome. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See you on Sunday. Yeah, good. <laughs>